Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here, along with Brother Rick. This is Voice of Christian Israel. And we're slowly overcoming the problems between the feed from Speak Free Radio and Eurofolk Radio. Last week, there was tremendous interference between the two, with one stream trying to command, commandeer the other. And so we were flipping back and forth from one stream to the other, and that just didn't work. So I think, uh, well, Paul... Paul English, who basically set up both Speak Free Radio and Eurofolk Radio, is working on the problem and trying to get it fixed. It's supposed to be automatic, but today he had to manually shut off the Speak Free Radio feed so that Brother Abair's show could broadcast. So you know, <laughs> what he told me is that when he hisses, presses the off button, it goes on, and when he presses the on button, it goes off. So it's, something's backwards in the program, and he can, he's going to have to try to figure it out. Anyway, all right, so so today, Brother Rick, you know, we've been talking, and what, uh, what prompted us to go into Galatians and Romans was the fact, <clears throat> excuse me, that the covenant message which is clearly spelled out in the Old Testament that consists only of the direct descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The law was given only to these people. It was not, uh, and it's not to be expanded to the so-called Gentiles, which is one of those fake words that's been used to universalize the scriptures. Uh, This is all Jewish deceit, and in a great portion, it is also Judeo-Christian deceit. Uh, The churches refuse to consider that the Bible is actually the covenant message. It's not a message given to all the world, and uh, it cannot it cannot be uh, authoritatively or honestly said that the Bible was written to every person in the world, only to our people, correct? Absolutely. That's the very case. Uh, as a matter of fact, we need to not look too far uh, as far as uh, right around the time of the apostles, because that's what your Bible is warning you, that the corruption had already started with the wolves coming in to devouring the flock. Uh, they basically began a, a whole systemization of, of alteration and, and uh, text uh, uh, changes, and there's right. where your Hellenized uh, Greek translations, as far as I'm concerned, came from. And uh, so, you know, that, that was birthed from the children of the devil, the, uh, the, uh, Edomite mongrel Jews. What would you expect them to do other than <laughs> present, uh, a, uh, a universalist, uh, yes. ideal? Of course, in the mother of harlots, uh, you know, that's just a, uh, uh, a, a, they, they're licking from the same, uh, source. <laughs> Don't right. want to get too, uh, blatant here, but bottom line is that's the, that's the origin of, uh, these fallen churches that you f- find in, uh, chapter uh, two and three of Book of Revelation, and it even tells you there that, uh, of the warning within the, those churches of the them which say they are Jews and are not to call it in the corruption. Five of them are so far gone that they're worthy of death. There, folks, by ninety five right. A.D. Uh, that's uh, a few hundred years before there's a Roman Catholic Church pre- presented. But then, uh, you know, that's the same system that uh, the Roman Empire wanted to use as a kind of a foundation to build upon a universal ideal. So any territory they took over, everybody could be forced into this uh, religion of the state, state-sponsored mm-hmm. religion, right. and there you, there's, your, there's your universalism being taught. And, you know, Christianity continues with the blatant lie. Right. Well, it, it started with the Catholic Church, but mm-hmm. even before the Catholic Church, you had uh, who uh, two of the great... Uh, distorters of the word marcion and who was the other one there were two paul mentioned i think paul mentions both of them in his epistles uh, one who tried to buy salvation <laughs> right with money yeah, yeah it's strange how his name one of them was named uh, bar jesus hmm Ar- right. Ar- Jesus. uh right. you know that that jew sorcerer uh, Edomite, mongrel, <laughs> right. Jew, sorcerer, right. and uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. I won't get yeah. into what I think there. I think Paul yeah. is a very revelatory on that that name. Oh, uh, yeah. He tells you the interpretation of that name is Elimus, folks. Okay. Uh, you might want to go and do some serious research on that that very name right there. But yeah, yeah. And as I was trying to point out uh, this morning on bloodlines that. Uh, you have to do the word studies. You cannot simply rely on the, the translated word. That is like, you know, somebody comes in and changes a word here and there, and uh, you think you don't know what it means, but many of these words do not correspond to the actual meanings of the Hebrew and Greek words. And 
Very, very few Israel identity people and or Christians are aware of this. None of the, uh, none yeah, of the pastors teach correct. it. Back to you. Back to you. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to mention so some people think their research means opening up a strong's concordance and looking up somebody's name and when it says an israelite and that's yeah. it and they mm-hmm. say oh that's the definition of his name an israelite yeah, wrong right. folks no you no. got to do a little more research than that yeah it's just telling you he is an israelite that's all that's correct <laughs> right correct. yeah and then the, there's rules for reading the definitions in strong's concordance and it's been a while since i've actually looked them up but when you look up the word ethnos and the definition of the word ethnos is race combination, you have to ask the question, why in the world doesn't the King James translation use the definition of race? But then there's been an added definition, namely a non-Jew for ethnos. But why don't we see the word non-Jew ever in any of the translations, and certainly not in the originals? Okay, so... If you got a dictionary, why don't you use the dictionary definition? Yeah, well, you, you keep in mind uh, the historical record has already proven that they had uh, little uh, Khazar Edomite Jews oh. whispering in their ear as far as the translation of the King James is, right. uh, came down yeah. to us. Uh, they yeah. they admit it. They tell you where, for example, the, who gave them the name of Jehovah and where that came from. Right. They tell you why they right. didn't use the Tetragrammaton, but instead they put in there the phrase the Lord, right. etc. It, it's these Edomite Jews whispering in the air. So why, you know, when we come down to such terms as race versus generations or something right. vague, right. such, such as, so vague, or you have this term uh, Gentiles being dumped in there as if that's uh, so descriptive. Or what have you? When it's it's yeah. not. It's yeah, you yeah. need to get down to the the uh, context of the passages being used to understand those terms. And and when Paul sits there and talks about Gentiles, and he t- supposedly talks about Gentiles, but he takes <laughs> he references passages taking you back to the book of Hosea, where the context is specifically descendants Israel. of the house of Israel. Amen. I mean, what what's the problem here? Yeah. People are not getting. Well, they're just generally trying to hide the whole message right. uh, to justify whether it's the Edomite Jew mongrel that did it originally or whether it's the Roman Catholic Church that wanted to use the platform as a, a global religion. You take your pick. It doesn't really matter. You have two enemies mentioned in your Bible, folks, them which say they are Jews and are not, and you got another one over here called the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta got to uh, be prepared against both of them. They have right. uh, t- tentacles on their there are uh, multiple faceted arms here that are corrupting and changing things all over the place. You've got to be aware of these things. So who's worse, uh, the uh, the mobster or the whore that he uses to seduce you? Which is worse? The pimp or the fleet of his, his whores. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's what it is. And, uh, well, Yahshua said, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. That's right. And none of the churches repeat that line because they know that they're the wolves in sheep's clothing. So they don't well, go let's there. Just, let's just say yeah. this. Like when you've got a, a mother of harlots, it says, mother of <laughs> right. harlots. She gave birth, folks. Yeah, right. And anybody that wants to carry the same doctrines and same ideas, and I, I'll say even the same names and titles as what that you know vicar of Christ does – if you mm-hmm. want to hold on to the same right. abominable ideals, then guess what? You got a problem. You're just a daughter of the whore playing religion. That's right. Oh yeah, and religion is fun to play, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Dangerous stuff. Oh, yeah, it is dangerous. Very dangerous. Okay, so let's get into Galatians uh, 3:18, and we'll take it to the end. And uh, again, unless you have a, a, a real command of the true meanings of these words. And that doesn't mean you have to learn how to speak or write Greek or you don't have to uh, speak or write Hebrew. All that the word study technique means is that whenever you find a false or questionable translation, you just go back to the original Hebrew and Greek and see what that word means. Because, for example, in the expression born again, you find that that word again is not translated uh, that way in the other uses. So the, the word, I forget the exact name of the word in the Greek, but it means from above. It doesn't mean again, and it's only translated as again in that one verse. So somebody had to deliberately change the verse and inserted the word again instead of, and, re- and deleted from above. What's your feeling there? 
That's absolutely the case. Uh, you're dealing with uh, someone who is deliberately trying to co- uh, pervert the message. Uh, it reminds me of the situation where they, uh, uh, the, the translation of, uh, oh, the kingdom is not well, uh, is is uh, the kingdom is within you? He says to these uh, mm-hmm. Edomite Jews. He's oh, he's right. coming condemning, and all these people say, "See there, the Edomite Jews had the kingdom within them." <laughs> right. They don't even understand the context nor the actual meaning right. of, the, of the phrase. Right. So they they create entire false doctrines uh, under the pretense right. of misunderstood words that the. Uh, false pen of the scribe has brought into them, and they're not being alert enough. That's right. That's right. As Eve was not alert enough in the garden, right? Exactly. 100%. Yeah. We're still making that same mistake. But then they just totally disregard the verses in the New Testament where Yahshua tells us, I'm not speaking to them. I should not even want them to be converted. So who are they? You know, he often spoke to mixed multitudes, and so, but so I can speak speak to a mixed multitude of people, and uh, phrase my words so that only our people understand, and the other people won't understand. Right? 100%, I can be exactly. I know how to be vague. <laughs> one, one, that's right. One hundred percent. Exactly the case. As a matter of fact, my my mission is not to broadcast the message to the world. My mission right. is to broadcast to the elect remnant that will be able to have ears to hear. Right. Okay. And eyes to see as I was uh, rereading that sea of glass in the book of Revelation. And I think that's what that's all about. But here we go. Galatians 3.18. For if the inheritance... Now, right off the bat, and the Greek word for inheritance is kleronomia. Kleronomia, heirship, a patrimony possession, uh, so patrimonial possession, heirship. Now, can a a so-called Gentile who has not been a party to the covenants be considered an heir? Uh, Well, no, Uh, you're dealing with, uh, you know, you're dealing at a a lawyer's office and they're reading your will. And, uh, you know, here comes Leroy in there and says, hey, I want a piece of that. And, (laughs) you know, he's not entitled to it, folks. Yeah, he's not entitled. He's not an heir of the uh, the inheritance there. So that's right. You don't waste your time with those who are not included. The Bible is full of statements concerning uh, that the, these other nations are nothing or less than nothing or spittle. You need to believe those terms. Right. I'm sorry it's offensive to your politically correct ideals of what you were brainwashed into in your public schools or what have you, right. but you need to learn the actual message of the Scripture, that it is addressed to a particular people, and it's not going to change. And that's what uh, these messages we've been doing over the past several uh, weeks have, have been basically expounding upon, that this is an inheritance. And notice... Uh, that word there, uh, inheritance, it's, mm-hmm. it's strange that the Messiah warned us in the uh, ter- uh, parable of the wicked oh. husbandman that some were there trying to yeah. seize the inheritance from yeah. us. Yeah, let us kill him and seize the inheritance. That's exactly what it says. Now, who in the world? No, glad you brought that up because the question has to come up. Who in the world, if they were an Israelite, would want to kill the Messiah but, and if you did that, they wouldn't get the inheritance. I mean, wouldn't that be stupid? <laughs> right? I mean, wouldn't that be stupid? Well, there's there's all types of is- issues going on with that passage, I would suggest. At the same time, uh, it's the, the, an element of that is definitely going to be these mongrels wanting to steal the inheritance. Let's say it that That's way. That's right, but, yeah. There, there could be elements within even Israel that kind of jealous. You know, they, they some You're of right. them did want to kill uh uh, Joseph, for example, and some of them wanted right. to send him into slavery and such. So, yeah, there's right. there's some little uh, background yeah. issues that might uh, extend into other situations yeah. there. Yeah, but uh, I, I see that more uh, s- uh, sibling rivalry, but brothers have been known to kill each other, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we haven't well, been I'm, able to... I have an older brother, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I learned to fight early, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, I was raised in a very genteel Catholic family where we just didn't do that kind of thing, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, that's all, all matter of course. Our, our, you know, obviously the Israelite males of the Old Testament all had to learn how to fight because they were expected to be warriors. Sooner or later, there's going to be a battle, right? And so you better be ready. 
But, uh, and I contend that the women, their bodies are more valuable than ours because, and that's why their bodies need to be protected so that they don't have to fight. Now, isn't it interesting that the Jewish state has their women uh, get, take up arms? Don't they value their women? Well, you know, it's interesting. There's a different interpretations on uh, uh, Deuteronomy, I think it's 22.5, about a woman not wearing a man's garments, for example. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, there are some that interpret that to mean not uh, not to be wearing the weapons of war garments, Ooh. let's say it that way. Okay. All right. uh, and so it would be forbidding women to go to war if that's the proper interpretation. Now, I don't know one way or the other on, on that particular right. issue, but uh, so I'll leave it at that. But there are those that definitely interpret it that way. But uh, it's no, there's no question that even our women have the right to self-defense. They're not expected to sacrifice their bodies by attacking an enemy, right? But if the yep. enemy's attacking her, uh, you're just going to stand there and take it? <laughs> no, so. she, she's going to uh, defend it with uh, everything yeah, she's got left. That's, so, that's right. Uh, that's, that's right. She, yeah, and she, I mean, she, she, is the, uh, she is the birthing uh, mm-hmm. of the chosen line. She's That's the right. birth canal of the jo- the chosen lineage. Right. So you need to be protected. Uh, and then the word for uh, brother in the Greek is, means from the same womb. Not from some other womb, but from the wombs of Israel is what that means. Okay, so the more you study the true meanings of these words, the more specific and the more exclusive the language becomes, and that's what we're. That's why we're going into the New Testament in great detail. You, you literally, brother Rick, have to analyze every word to show where the, the universalists are wrong. Okay. Yes, you cannot go beyond the word of Yahweh to do less or more, folks. Yeah, and and they always do more <laughs> by adding stuff, and then they like to subtract too by, by claiming that it's not a covenant relationship, right? And that anybody well, there's, can. There, yeah. There's yeah, a logical ahead. reason to misdirect uh, the chosen people, the the mm-hmm. inheritors. There's a logical uh-huh. reason to get in there and alter that word so that yes. they are misdirected. And that's yeah. what has happened. And because of our people are predominantly lazy and <laughs> do not want to study and don't want yeah. to read, uh, stiff-necked, hard, hard-hearted, hard uh, uncircumcised yeah. in heart, uh, they, they, they uh, go off on a tangent of uh, right. all types of false beliefs and misunderstandings. Universalism, antinomianism, uh, Jesus loves everybody, you name it. Uh, they, yep. uh, they've just about invented every possible way to get around the, the covenant message. That, that's the Which leads the, to our, yeah. our own destruction, by the way. Uh, oh, uh, for so sure. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember the promise, the promise of Yahweh. If you don't drive these inhabitants out of the land of the, within the lands that I'm giving you, I'm uh, they're going to become thorns and and uh, other uh, problems in your backside. And he goes on and promises, I'm going to do unto you what I thought to do unto them. Right. You better right. be aware folks, the very origin of your misunderstanding of these terms can be back back blame it on these people who you let stay in the land or who our forefathers allowed to stay. And the same situation can be on our own Bible, can be carried all the way back to those Edomites that were living in the land during the days of the apostles. They should not have been there. They should. That's why they, Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh, which was a messenger of Satan. You're dealing with children of the devil right. that were harassing Paul in that case, folks. It was a, that's Amen. what that whole term, but the thorn is coming from. It ain't some guy, oh, I thought he had eye injury. <laughs> Wrong. Yes. He had, he had, the problem in his backside was these Jews that wanted to kill him. Read your Amen. book of Acts. It's telling you Amen. all about it. Anyway, yeah. The very ones he didn't want to convert, right? Correct. Okay. That's yeah. right. Again, the, the difference between Christian identity, Israel identity, King, whatever you want to call it, is that we read the whole Bible, uh, you know, Blood, guts, uh, you know, etc. You know, there's nothing. It's there for us. We're supposed to read the entire word and not d- discard verses that we don't like, like Eve being seduced in the garden. Yeah, oh, I don't like that. You know, gee, yeah. Well, what about all the uh, all the sins that the Israelites committed against each other? Right. I mean, Absolutely. the Bi- the Bible is just a totally honest book, warts and all. 
and it's the only book like it in the world, especially uh, supernatural. The, yeah, the Bible oh. is supernatural writing, and it's so supernatural that it's uh, he cannot actually allow the false pen of the scribes to come into the text to keep hiding certain truths from a bunch of vermin Israelites who <laughs> need uh, to have their butt whooped. Right, uh, but yeah. yet still by Maranatha. the leading of the Spirit, reveal yeah. it to the remnant. Right, exactly. And it's happening, folks. It still happens. If right. you would go and study it and be careful and read and research and understand the general problem that's going on in the world, the battle. You know, right. if you don't understand three fifteen of Genesis that there is a serpent seed in the world, you got a problem, folks. Right. You don't understand the Bible. That's that's the problem, right? Right. That's but uh, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that, that, that Yahweh comes to to visit us. Actually, the um, there's a church in Chicago called Maranatha, and it's one of these God loves everybody churches. That's actually multiracial. I mean, every church in Chicago is multiracial. That was one of the reasons I had to leave. Anyway, they they love this word Maranatha, but they never actually looked up the word, and it means that God will visit. But not because he likes you. It means he's going to visit you because you need to be chastised, right? So, yeah. Well, it's, so, it's, it's a dangerous thing, like we talk about that, that first, that uh, second, yeah. uh, second Thessalonians chapter two, eleven through twelve. One of the most dangerous passages in the Bible, as far as I'm concerned. Yahweh shall send you strong delusion that you should oh, believe yeah. a lie, that right. you all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm telling you right now, I already know. I don't have to go there based upon your own testimony of what's going on in them churches. There, I'm telling you, they are under a curse. Of strong delusion from Yahweh Amen. with the intent of him damning them people. Right, right, because they have lost the love of the truth. No. That's correct. Can anybody who does not have a love for truth get into the kingdom? If you don't love the truth, you're going to be under a curse. That's right. So okay. with the intent to damn you, I don't see how you're going to yeah. get out from under it without. Yeah, it'd be uh, tough. How, how, do you, how do you get out from under a curse from the creator, folks? Well, I'll right. tell you. Yeah. You start obeying his laws yeah. because yeah. that's why you love not the truth and you have pleasure in unrighteousness. You're rejecting his laws. You want to get out from under any of these curses and you want the spirit of Yahweh to start opening your eyes to truth? I'll tell you what you do. You get into that law of Yahweh and you start obeying whatever he reveals to you little by little here or there uh, line upon line precept upon precept until you're growing in faith and in knowledge and you're going to start he'll, he'll start opening your eyes up to all these little details right i guarantee yeah. it i promise yeah but you got to be yeah. willing to obey yeah well and you have to be willing to accept the truth right and uh, you know hopefully uh, these messages that we're bringing forth on Eurofolk radio you and your ministry mine and mine and all of those identity preachers who've come before and will hopefully come after us you know, understand that it's an exclusive message, but but it doesn't mean that, well, just because you're an Israelite, you're saved. No. That's no. Right. Okay. That's why, that's why I say what I say on the Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 passage. That is a curse on Israelites. Right. People. It's a burden. It's a burden. As the poet said, it's a white man's burden, right? That's right. Okay. Right. So let me read the whole verse here. Galatians 3.18. For if the inheritance be of the law, and he's talking about the Mosaic law, it, or it could be he could be actually specifying the sacrificial law, but it looks like the entire law here. It is no more of promise, but God gave it to who? Abraham <laughs> by promise. And we just you know, we spent a lot of time starting off this series showing that these covenants, these promises, these prophecies pertain only to the covenant people and no other people. Okay, so when, when Paul invokes the Abrahamic covenant, he's talking about the bloodline. That's what Absolutely. he's talking about. Okay, right. And this, and this bloodline gets traced all the way back to Genesis 128, where the promises of dominion mandate is granted to Adam. Amen. And it is, Amen. It's never going to pass out of this particular genetic stock. Right. And by the way, folks, yeah. uh, there's a strange reason why uh, Genesis chapter 5 verse 1 tells you this is the book of the race of Adam or genera generations <laughs> right. as your King James yeah. might say it but Amen. you're dealing with the, the, the genetic line of Adam now the question becomes well who else might have been thinking it was to them right 
Right. Amen. Well, that, actually, that brings up another issue. I don't want to go off on tangent, but we're just having so much fun with this, right? Yes, so, it is. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> just love but, it. <laughs> yeah, because there are people, even with an identity, who don't believe that we have free will. And that term that you just brought up, dominion, means that Yahweh has given it into our hands to rule over this world. Yeah. And take a look at the end of the book, folks. The elect remnant of the chosen lineage that was promised gets it. He's going to rule with as joint uh-huh. heirs with Messiah. With joint so heirs. So we're going to win. Right. So, I mean, if and, and I think one of the most poignant verses in the New Testament where Yahshua tells the Israelites, I will see you again. But he, before he leaves, he says, I am your friend, not your overlord. I am your friend. Doesn't that suggest that we are co-equals with him in spirit, at least, if not in physical being? Well, there's a reason why he says, be ye perfect as your father, which is in heaven is perfect, mm-hmm. or be ye holy as your father, as, right. uh, as Yahweh is holy there. There's a reason, because actually the investment of his spirit is what the part of the redemption message is all about. Therefore, uh, it, it's, uh, that's how our old man dies. So when you come over here to the, the end of the book, we're talking about a redeemed people, a person, a people with uh, new bodies. Right. We've returned to a Shekinah glory type of apparatus like, like Adam had before the fall, folks. Right. And this, this ain't going to every Israelite. Yeah, this is going to no. uh, the And that's one of the problems even within Israel identity groups, by the way, especially those that came from the, the background of, uh, of Worldwide Church of God type of mm-hmm. things. Such, right, yeah. It's uh, universalist. That, uh, yeah. What's that? It is. It's universalist. Yeah, it's that, correct. Universalism within the context of uh of uh yeah, placating uh, the Jews. message. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they got part of the truth but not all of it. That's I just said uh, yeah, brother Aber made a funny comment about when we were talking about why Jewish women are, are going to the Israeli army. He says probably because Israeli women are actually trannies. So, <laughs> right. I think you got that right, brother. Abraham. got that right. Okay. By the way, yeah, all these all these trannies in government trying to pretend that they're women. What's with that, right? Oh, and did you hear about there was uh, a a party arranged for women only? Okay, and then a bunch of transitioned men. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they, they uh, what do you call it? they crashed the party, they crashed the party, and the women didn't like it. Now wait a oh, minute! Oh goodness, they're so well, offended now. Yeah, right. Goodness. Well, this is what you asked for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? that's that's one of the problems. But let, let's just say this, Eli: you are definitely getting off target of the subject now. Yeah, right. But, but, <laughs> you but, but, want to start a soapbox discussion here? But we're having yeah, too much fun. Uh, those Edomite Jews just love the, the corruption they're involved with, oh, and, and the uh, yeah. you know the satanic message that they continue to bring forth and, yeah. and pollute the airwaves with and such. But right. uh, make, make no mistake, folks: uh, genetic purity and uh, righteous living is what they are. Their job is to come in, pollute, and destroy, and that's why they're the leader of the pack and that type of thing. So, don't worry, yeah, we're going to yeah. win this. The remnant will right. win, folks. Yeah, they're, they're fighting amongst themselves already for the stupid things they're doing. So that's good. Yes, they're just let them yes. fight amongst themselves. So, absolutely. Prom- so, so let me just restate the verse again because this this verse is loaded with covenant message, folks. For if the inheritance, covenant, nobody who's not a party to the covenant can inherit anything. And, of course, Yahshua proved that in Matthew chapter 15, verse 24, when he addressed the Canaanite woman. And she asked him, oh, I'd like to have some of that. And he said to her, I cannot give you the children's bread. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah, no, let yeah. me have one. Let me have one of those hot cross buns, please. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> All right. That uh, what's her name? Uh, Semiramis. Right. That's where that hot cross bun comes from, folks. Yes. Yeah. That, that, I think that's what the book, uh, the two Babylon's book, talks about. That, too. That's yeah. exactly right. Okay. So, but he gave it. Then, if that, if it be by the law, then it is no more of promise. But Yahweh gave it to Abraham by promise. All he is saying here. He's not saying the law has been done away with, as your Judeo preacher will tell you. It only means that the promise that we would have a Redeemer came before Moses. 
right? Isn't that exactly what this verse means? Yeah. Okay. So Abraham okay. is given these promises, and That's it right. goes all the way back to the genetic line of Adam, comes all the way down to the genetic line of, of Israel that was promised. And it, in essence, all the children of Abraham that are not through Isaac are counted as children of the flesh, given a gift, and sent away. Amen. So yeah. that's not going to change anywhere. Yeah. And by the way, I want to drive this point home. As far as the promises that he was actually given, as far as what the inheritance includes, there's another passage I'm looking for. It. I don't see it right now. Okay. I'll stop my header. But uh, yeah. Abraham was promised the entire world, folks. Just remember that entire world. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so was there's Joshua no taking it away from him. You're not yeah. going to get your little, uh, you know, a lot of a lot, even a lot of in Israel identity groups that say, oh, well, the Africa's for the blacks and and Asia's for the Asians. And and, uh, you know, we need our white lands. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, I don't agree with you because Abraham has promised the entire world. If somebody wants to set up these little uh, uh, havens for whatever else, the, the vermin, uh, you don't understand. So when Israel came out of came into the promised land there in the Middle East. He told them, don't take over all the land all at one time, but as you need it, uh, go and take it over and, and drive the inhabitants away and et cetera. And it, just think of the ultimate end result that that would have resulted in if they had obeyed. Right. Well, they would have eventually grown so big they'd been driving everybody off of every inch of land on this planet. But they yeah. didn't do what they were supposed to do, folks. Right. Yeah. We didn't have enough mechanization. <laughs> we had to hire blacks and Latinos right, to, to do the work for us. Uh, I mean, h- how many people do you need to you know, collect grapes off of a California vineyard? You all said they imported, imported Mexicans to do the job and then they went back home. There was no yeah. talk of integration. Nice right. way of spreading hepatitis, I suppose. There, there you yeah. go. That too. And tuberculosis, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression. So this, it's still not clear to me whether he's talking about exclusively the sacrificial law or all of the law. Well, certainly, as you pointed out last time, Abraham obeyed the law. I mean, a lot of your Judeo-Christians ignore that verse. That's way back early in Genesis where it tells us he obeyed the law. So he had to have at least uh, an inkling of consciousness of what the law is, it just hadn't been written down yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think that Adam was actually given it. That's right. Uh, through revelatory actions, uh, if nothing else, uh, that's mm-hmm. why it's written in the stars. It's written in the heavens, folks. That's right. So, it is. Uh, he probably had a better memory than I do. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, I think uh, he probably had the whole law written in his heart and mind. Okay, right. Adam, before yeah. the fall, etc. But uh, it's strange how uh, even Abel was offering a lamb there. Uh, and so he understood a message of sacrifice and the right. blood atonement message there, right. uh, it seems like. So yeah. uh, I, I'll just yeah. say uh, I have absolutely no evidence uh, to support what I'm saying. This is just an opinion. But I would say that uh, I would argue that the situation that Abel was actually performing there later on becomes known as Passover. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. that. I can see that. Yeah, well, I think the message there where uh, the compact, it certainly has to do with we Israelites keeping our word because of the message where Abraham had to cut that bull in half and the parties to the contract had to walk between the halves of the steer. The The message there is, you know, let this, let I be cut in half like this steer, should I not keep my word? Mm. Okay, uh, that's the message there. And right. do Jews keep their word? Uh, no, the Bible says, uh, Yahshua said they're always liars. Uh, That's so, right. Uh, they're liars. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, their father is a liar as well. So mm-hmm. uh, be very careful about trusting uh, something yeah. that is uh, Bible promise was a liar. Right, right. A- amen, amen. But, of course, they're God's chosen people. So they can't be liars, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's yeah. how our people that's, think. That's why you're not supposed to trust these priests of Baal, or preachers <laughs> of Baal that sit in your pulpits yeah. Yeah. and yeah. fill your pews with mongrels and other non-white races. I mean, when are you going to yeah. wake up, folks? Your churches are not havens for you to go worship the Creator. Right. They're places where they're going to pervert and destroy their whorehouses, where they can pollute <laughs> you and destroy your seed line right. and destroy yeah. your children. 
get out of them. The Bible does not say yeah. go in there and witness to them. The Bible says come out from among them and be separate. That's what I'm telling you to do based upon oh. the word of Yahweh. Get out of them and stay out of them. Doesn't the word say there shall be no prostitute of the women of Israel? Doesn't it say that? And guess what? <laughs> we got too many. <laughs> All right. We have way too many, folks. And basically, prostitution. You keep trying to get me into trouble, Eli. Yeah, You're that's all right. trying to get me into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom of speech is what we're all about. So, yeah. but uh, a, a pimp, we talked about a pimp is a businessman, right? Absolutely. He's a businessman. And yeah. the whore is a businesswoman. And they've got an agreement. He, uh, she agrees to be uh, subject to the pimp for protection, right? And uh, in, cus- in case right. some of her customers get violent, right? And uh, so that's why she agrees to do business with the pimp. You know, we're not supposed to do anything like that. But who is the great whore of the book of Revelation, if not the global businessman known as the Jew? Well, I say it this way. It's one of their subdivisions of their corporation. There you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, right? the, the origin, Las Vegas. The origin, the origin of the message that is being taught in mainstream Christianity today, and, and therefore yeah. the mother of harlots. There you go. Uh, abomination of it, it goes as far as I'm concerned goes all the way back to your uh, mongrel Edomite Jews and those that are trying to steal yeah. the inheritance, folks. Right. And right. man, they have come close to success on it. And and gotta oh. keep in mind. Yahweh is punishing us because right. our Israelite brothers and sisters are wanting to spit in the face of Yahweh and not obey him. Amen. So be very careful, or even in these Christian identity groups that don't want to obey the laws of That's Yahweh, right. That's right. and all they want to do is promote whatever other agenda they've got, and yeah. uh, et cetera. You be very, very careful around this type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and they don't want to use the name of Yahweh because some Jew named Zimmerman said, uh, no, no, it should be pronounced Jesus, not Yahweh. <laughs> okay? I mean, mm. come on. you don't. They don't know the wiles of the devil quite yet. Okay? They don't know how devious the Jews really are. They keep on coming up with these false arguments that suck our people in. Okay, that's what's going on here, folks. So let's let's go verse through verse nineteen totally here first. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed, and that's sperma. Uh, let me just read it all the way through. I don't want to get off on another tangent. That uh, sperma should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, already we see in this verse, there's a distinction between the seed to which the promise was made and the mediator. Okay? Absolutely. Okay? Expound on this, please. Because uh, this gets into verse 29. We're going to have to jump to verse 29 sooner than I expected because we're having so much fun. Over to you. Okay, well, so let's take the first section of that scripture. Uh, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions. Keep in mind, folks, what transgressions against what? Yeah. What was there to be transgressions against? Well, it was the law of Yahweh. Okay, the law of Yahweh is what had to be uh, this law that he's talking about that was added. The law that was added was your sacrificial system to make up for or to show them symbolic symbolic messages concerning what's going to have to happen to get a a blood atonement uh, and the penalty for transgression of the law. In other words, encouraging them to stop stop transgressing the law, and here is a substitutionary uh, system of sacrificial Mm -hmm. sacrificing animals to to make up for your penalty, uh, keep you from having to be executed. Yeah. And uh, right. And so uh, that that's that that's what uh, was added because of transgression, the sacrificial system. And yeah. Paul talks about how that is. Uh, yeah. Uh, or, uh, the writer of Hebrews, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, which I think. Right. Oh, I agree. Paul, I agree. Fine with me. But yeah. uh, uh, it, that, that's where uh, it was added until the time of Reformation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Reformation, of course, like I mentioned last time, this is not talking about the Reformation of the Protestant organ, you know, right, situation. Right, right. It is talking about the yeah. coming of the Messiah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and as far as uh, till the seed should come to whom the promise is made. Now, my contention on this is that <clears throat> this seed goes back to verse 16 
and it is referring to I contend it is referring specifically to the Messiah himself. Okay. Uh, however, it should come to whom the promise was made. It, mm -hmm. The promise was made, so the Messiah comes to those that were promised the coming of a Redeemer. Mm -hmm. Well, right. that was promised to Israel. Okay. That's right. So this, yeah, that's this, right. Isn't pro this, this isn't promised to uh, right. Hottentots and Pygmies and, and Mongols, and then definitely not Mongrels. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> keep in mind, folks, Mongrels are... Uh, <laughs> Defined as bastards in your King James version, Deuteronomy twenty three two forbids them in your congregation. So why are your churches filled in their pews with these mongrels and other things, thinking they right? Just, well, just in, just invite Jesus in your heart, raise Jesus. Yeah. Oh. And right. the problem is, is that's your false Messiah system that was painted over the text, and is the strong delusion that Yahweh promised. It's going to keep you in your your trap. It's going to keep you in your delusion, and uh, in the the end result of that is your damnation. That's right. what the whole promise was all about. There's also a promise here, though, that the true seed, the true Messiah, was coming to redeem the remnant. And that's who, to whom that promise of this coming Redeemer was really made. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. it was ordained of okay. Malachim uh, in the hand mm -hmm. of a mediator. This mediator, right. well, I contend yeah. that's uh, Yahshua. That's, yeah, absolutely, that's Yahshua. And so let me just read this, the next verse, verse 20. And because we talked about this last time, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God or Elohim is one. And I, I think that the verse is trying to say that the mediator has to be different from the testator, which Paul talks about the testator later on. And the testator is the guy who makes the will and the the recipients of the will are the inheritors, right? We are the inheritors. Yahshua is the mediator. And so well, let's I wrote, remember. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, I, well I was just going to read the, the, Tim, the first Timothy 2 5 passage. For okay. there is one Yahweh and one mediator between Yahweh and mm -hmm. men, the man Messiah. So that's clearer. That's clear. Again, yeah. this is one of these situations where you cannot simply rely on one verse and make a religion out of it, which that's people right. tend to do. Like, oh, there, there's a Seventh day Adventist church in the area here, and it, their slogan is, We are not here to judge, but to love. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, sounds like a whorehouse to me. Yeah, anyway. there you go. <laughs> Literally, right? Well, my Bible says, "Lagrange keep judgment." There you go. Well, but also uh, that's not the end of it. They just quote the verse, uh, first verse of the passage, and then, but then it says we should be, judge righteously. Right. And they forgot about that verse. Okay. Which comes immediately afterwards. This is the way. This is modern Christianity, folks. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. All right. So the verse I want to reference is First Chronicles sixteen, thirteen to twenty-two, because this is where the, the word Messiah or Christ comes into play in, I believe, here in Galatians chapters three and four. So First Chronicles. 16. Now, we know that the word Messiah comes from the word for anointed, okay? And it's the same word in the Greek. And, you know, the, the meaning of the word is the same in the Greek and the Hebrew. It means anointed. And that's the word, the word Christ, where the word Christ comes from. It, it also means anointed, but the word Christ also means christened. And Christian is a very general term that, that used all over the world, right, for however people perform baptisms. But the anointed are, that concept in Scripture is exclusively to Israel. Okay, it's not talking about anointing or christening blacks to come into our congregation or Jews or anything like that, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so I'm going to start reading from verse 13. Now, folks, this is really critical stuff for interpreting verse 29 in Galatians, and actually the the verse we've been just discussing here. So let me start here, and then uh, feel free to interrupt when you think uh, you've got something you know to add here. O ye seed of Israel! Who's he talking to? Is he talking to Hottentots, Watusis? That's right, you know, I was going to say, definitely yeah. not Hottentots and Pygmies. Yes, right. O ye seed, and of course that's Zerah, in the, in the Hebrew, zera seed, offspring is the best, or posterity. In fact, posterity is one of the definitions of the word. I think that's the best. 
O ye posterity of Israel, because that makes no confusion as to what we're talking about. Their direct descendants is the posterity. Okay. O ye posterity of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Sounds rather specific to me. And, you know, got an awful lot of nice little uh, adjectives or whatever that would be there. To, right, to describe yeah. uh, who he's talking about that needs to be carried over in the rest of your interpretive process of your Bible. No. His servants ain't just anything. His children are not <laughs> yeah. just anything. And his chosen ones are not just anything walking on two feet and having the capacity right. to communicate with you. Good or bad, we are his chosen ones. Okay? He likes some of us more than he likes others. As our parents like some some of their children better than other children. They especially like the, the children who are obedient, right? And uh, the ones that are disobedient give the, the parents a whole lot of trouble, all right? Now, verse 14. And he is Yahweh our Elohim. His judgments are in all the earth, okay? So the whole world will be in dominion to Yahweh's law eventually. Right now, we're in a state of rebellion. Verse 15. Be mindful always of his covenant. Hallelujah. How many of our people are mindful of the covenant? Do they even think about it? Oh, brother, the law's done away. What's wrong with you <laughs> living under that Jewish stuff? Man. Right. Yeah, that's what I'll tell you. What does Isaiah 53 say? Hearken back to your father Abraham and your mother Sarah. Who who else can... Huh? Go ahead. What is Isaiah? I think it's Isaiah eight twenty. I think it is. It says uh, if they speak not according to the law and the or the Torah and the uh, Teodah, which is the prophets, the law and the prophets, there is right. no light in them at all. I right. think I'll stand with that one. That's the yeah. problem with most of your churches. They don't speak according to the law of Yahweh right. nor to His prophets. Right. They think of they they speak to whatever uh, whatever element of the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth they still proclaim. Yeah, which to me, now that I think of it, is actually doing what Esau did, disregarding his heritage and the birthright. Disregarding Uh, his birthright. Which is punishable by eternal damnation. There there you go. (laughs) Right. Right. So, I mean, you go into the Old Testament, it's so clear that the covenants are exclusive to Israel. How can anyone possibly think that the covenants now are generalized to the whole world in the New Testament. The only way that's possible is by false translation with the insertion of the word Gentile to mean something other than an Israelite, which it never does, okay? And the insertion of the word Jew to replace the word Judah. It actually means it has two definite, Judean, okay? It can be translated from either one. But obviously a Judean is not the same as a Judahite or an Israelite. Okay, so let's continue. Ye children of his chosen ones. And so I see we only have about 10 minutes left, so I'm going to just jump to the punchline here and uh, declare, uh, dec- well, we are to declare his uh, glory among the heathen, but what is the word heathen? It is also goy, his marvelous works among all nations. So it could be, well, well Yahweh wants the whole world to know who we are, that we are his children. And I think that's the, uh, the statement in Revelation 3.9 that even the Jews will down, bow down before us and recognize that we are Israel. That we are Israel. Okay? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, well, I'll say if any of them are surviving. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the, the scripture talks about how uh, if any of them, yeah, right. one point. And Obadiah, mm-hmm. it, it's promising at one point, somewhere down yeah. the line, that uh, yeah. Israel is going to be one that the one that is responsible for the total annihilation of the Edomite. Yeah, so. amen, amen. Okay, so the point being, let's get back to Galatians, because we won't have time to read all the verses I intended, but you can see the exclusivity of First Chronicles 16, and, and actually the whole rest of the Bible, if you read it carefully. So in Galatians 3.29, uh, go ahead and read that, because I, we're get, running out of time. Go ahead and Three, read while I get back there, okay? 3.29? Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and, if ye be Messiah, uh, and if ye be Messiahs, right. then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Right. Okay, so... Now, there's all these Judeo-Christians who believe that they belong to Christ, okay? Mm-hmm. But they don't. <laughs> if they have, you know, they believe in uh, in Jesus, but they don't believe 
in his commandments, as Revelation 12, 17 clearly states, if you are of the remnant, you have to keep the commandments and have the faith that is the fidelity of Yahshua Messiah. So, who has that? Do any Judeo-Christians have that? Uh, I, I, well, you know, you're asking you're being... me a point-blank question. I'm just going to tell you, I don't believe any Christian has the exact right message myself. Yeah, well, most so Christians I, I have received. Yeah. In, in, anybody that uh, is uh, still following under that uh, alteration, mm-hmm. uh, then they need to repent of it. Uh, but uh, then yeah, are you Abraham's seed? It's a manifestation right. that will happen to a, 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 any of the remnant. But Right. Yeah. So it's not, you can't interpret this. Given the covenant message and the promises made exclusively to the Israelites, there's no way this verse can be interpreted as if you merely believe in Jesus, Jaime Jesus, then you're saved. <laughs> no. Because the, there is no such promise given by Abraham. Was there? Abraham is uh, is a recipient of a covenant promise, uh, and those that manifest uh, allegiance to that are going to be obedient to Yahweh's will, Amen. case closed. And most yeah. Christianity, most everything that calls itself Christian, is not, in any sense of the word, obedient to that. And that's why it becomes part of that curse that Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is talking about, in my view, at least. Right, right. So they might there, be little physical Israelites, but they right. uh, are not manifesting the uh, characteristics that are yeah. demanded of uh, by Yahweh. Right. And uh, uh, you know, remember what it said: Abraham. If you're going to, uh, it's about like this: you, if you're going to be uh, one of the true Messiahs, then you're going to walk in His steps, who did no sin. Mm-hmm. If you did, uh, if you're going to be like Abraham, then you're going to be walking like an Abrahamite, and right. he was obedient to Yahweh's Torah, folks. Amen. Yeah. And his commandments are the same as the Father. My Father and I are one. We are in total agreement. We have no dispute among ourselves, <laughs> right? And uh, so, but the New Testament Judeo-Christians believe otherwise. They say, oh, that evil God Yahweh, he told the Israelites to exterminate those Canaanites. Would, would a loving God do that, Brother Rick? Would a loving God huh? do that? You're talking about that Jewish God. <laughs> yeah, right, that Jewish What's God. What's wrong with you? Right. Yeah, that's a Jewish God. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. You might get that from a few of them, but the other ones are just, uh, I think they're so brain yeah. numb that they don't even know what yeah. the context you're talking about is. is yeah. So, yeah. So we can see in the context of the covenant message, which is what the Bible is all about, yes. no one no one can argue otherwise without being dishonest. Okay. And so we're living in a very deceitful world. Basically, our people have been trained to be liars via the uh, pulpit bastards, as I like to call them, those who've been trained by <laughs> Jews to tell lies to, to our people, to true Israel. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's why they're dead when they yeah. come out of the seminaries most often. That's right. And then uh, after four years of divinity school, I don't know what's divine about it, but that's what they call it, they are perfectly trained to destroy the covenant message of Scripture by the time they preach it from the pulpit. Yeah. Well, the term divine can be related also in various ways to divination. Right. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it can be both both sides. So you can have uh, divine interne- inter, uh, entrance into your life that is supernatural in line with Yahweh's will, but then you can also have divination that is involved with, uh, let's say, uh, not so righteous uh an, an angle right. to it so that's what you end up with when you're being brainwashed in these uh doctorate uh uh cemetery seminaries right right okay so uh so we're quickly running out of time uh but you know the, the basic message is here that we're trying to get across is that the covenant message and universalism are absolutely contraries there's no way you it's just like the same thing you cannot be an israelite and a jew at the same time that's how radically different the, or you cannot be a cowboy and an indian at the same time unless you're mongrelized right yeah and yahweh yeah. specifically forbids that okay yeah, it totally excludes your genetic line, folks, if they're mongrelized. There's nothing I can change that law for. I wouldn't change the law. No. Uh, but if, if your offspring is mongrelized, uh, then uh, I guarantee you that you're a, they ultimately are 
uh, destined for destruction, uh, some way yes. or some form or some fashion. That's exactly what's going to happen to all the Edomites. That's why the promise was made. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be annihilated. That's, That's what right. your Bible says. Yeah. And but don't forget, there's there's only, as far as I remember, there's only one specific person who is mentioned in both the Old and New Testament that Yahweh hates. Mm-hmm. It's Esau. I there suggest you, go. you not practice after his standards. There you go. All right. Okay, so I'm just going to throw this teaser out for everybody. You know, just like the uh, the perils of Pauline in the in the silent movies before the talkies came out, Pauline was always being chased by some evil guy who looked like a Jew, <laughs> right? And he would grab her and tie her to the railroad tracks. And then at the end of the episode, the, you see the train coming <laughs> from the distance, getting run, getting ready to run over Pauline, right? And then, oh, you have to wait till the next episode. You got to pay another nickel before you can see the next episode. Talk about talk about commercialism, folks. Anyway, the verse I want to the number twenty two has been coming up very frequently these days. Two twenty two, isn't that when they they changed from four G to five G? For those of you who had to endure that, okay, on your cell phone. First Chronicles sixteen twenty two, saying, "Touch not mine anointed." And do my prophets no harm. So clearly here, the word anointed, the context is Israel, as we pointed out in verse 13. The context is Israel. Yahweh is telling us that we, Israelites, are his anointed people. Absolutely. We are his anointed people. Okay. It's interesting that uh, there's a passage, there's a, a few passages uh, that is using the word Mashiach in our Old Testament. And strangely enough, even in your Septuagint, mm-hmm. so the Greek source, they still translate the word Messiah. Right. Instead of, instead of Christ, folks. Right. Yeah, now, well, yeah, if, yeah, exactly. if it's okay to translate it Messiah over there in the Old Testament in the Greek source, why is it so yeah. wrong to translate it Messiah over in the New it, Testament. Yeah, there's well, no Well, it's because it's a deliberate cover-up, folks. They deliberately right. have altered your Bible. They deliberately right. done it. And even yeah. John chapter 1, verse 41 and, and 425 even points these, this out. They they have mm-hmm. altered it. They gave you an, an – I think that mm-hmm. King James is most correct on the term, but it says they gave you an interpretation. That's right. It's being interpreted, the Christ. Not yeah. translated, not transliterated. It is being interpreted the Christ. Be Amen. very careful when they tell you yes. they are interpreting something because what they're doing is bringing in false scenarios, corruption. This is called Hellenization. You can find it in numerous <laughs> Christian commentaries. They're explaining it to you. This is not some kind of a secret uh, belief that Ricky has here, but yeah. uh, it is a common teaching within scholarly sources from a Christian perspective as well, that they Hellenized your Bible. Mm-hmm. You need to repair the breach that they Amen. made when they Amen. did that. They put all these small cracks in the dike, and the the dike is is reeking with sewer water, folks. It's spilling out sewer water called Judeo-Christianity. All right. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. And, oh, by the way, uh, Hellenization, there's hell in our nation, folks. And we got to get to drive the hell out of our nation. All right. So, and you know, we are having fun with this, but because we know it's the truth, that's why we're having so much fun with it without doing any, you know, you know, we hate to criticize our own people, but Maranatha, Maranatha, the father will visit you if you don't obey his laws. All right. He will visit you. That's what that word Maranatha means. It doesn't mean love, love, love. All right, Brother Rick, take care. Yahweh bless. See you next time, okay? You too. Thank you. All right. Yeah, bye-bye.